Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Answer by the author of Waverly to the foregoing letter from Captain Clutterbuck. As part of the monastery by Walter Scott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Answer by the author of Waverley to the foregoing letter from Captain Clutterbuck. Dear Captain, do not admire that, notwithstanding the distance and ceremony of your address, I return an answer in the terms of familiarity. The truth is, your origin and native country are better known to me than even to yourself. You derive your respectable parentage, if I am not greatly mistaken, from a land which has afforded much pleasure, as well as profit, to those who have traded to it successfully. I mean that part of the terra incognita which is called the province of Utopia. Its productions, though censured by many, and some who use tea and tobacco without scruple, as idle and unsubstantial luxuries have nevertheless, like many other luxuries, a general acceptation, and are secretly enjoyed even by those who express the greatest scorn and dislike of them in public. The dram-drinker is often the first to be shocked at the smell of spirits. It is not unusual to hear old maiden ladies declaim against scandal. The private bookcases of some grave-seeming men would not brook decent eyes. And many, I say, not of the wise and learned, but of those most anxious to seem such, when the spring-lock of their library is drawn, their velvet cap pulled over their ears, their feet insinuated into their turkey slippers, are to be found, were their retreats suddenly intruded upon, busily engaged with the last new novel, and will open the said novel as avowedly as they would the lid of their snuff-box. I will only quote one instance, though I know a hundred. Did you know the celebrated Watt of Birmingham, Captain Clutterbuck? I believe not, though from what I am about to state he would not have failed to have sought an acquaintance with you. It was only once my fortune to meet him, whether in body or in spirit it matters not. There were assembled about half a score of our northern lights, who had amongst them, heaven knows how, a well-known character of your country, Jedediah Cleishbotham. This worthy person, having come to Edinburgh during the Christmas vacation, had become a sort of lion in the place, and was led in leash from house to house along with the grissards, the stone-eater, and other amusements of the season, which exhibited their unparalleled feats to private family parties if required. Amidst this company stood Mr. Watt, the man whose genius discovered the means of multiplying our national resources to a degree perhaps even beyond his own stupendous powers of calculation and combination. 
bringing the treasures of the abyss to the summit of the earth, giving the feeble arm of man the momentum of an afrit, commanding manufactures to arise as the rod of the prophet produced water in the desert, affording the means of dispensing with that time and tide which wait for no man, and of sailing without that wind which defied the commands and threats of Xerxes himself. Footnote. Probably the ingenious author alludes to the national adage, The king said sail, but the wind said no. Our schoolmaster, who is also a land surveyor, thinks this whole passage refers to Mr. Watt's improvements on the steam engine. Note by Captain Clutterbuck. End footnote. This potent commander of the elements, this abridger of time and space, this magician, whose cloudy machinery has produced a change on the world, the effects of which, extraordinary as they are, are perhaps only now beginning to be felt, was not only the most profound man of science, the most successful combiner of powers and calculator of numbers, as adapted to practical purposes, was not only one of the most generally well-informed, but one of the best and kindest of human beings. There he stood, surrounded by the little band I have mentioned of northern literati, men not less tenacious, generally speaking, of their own fame and their own opinions, than the national regiments are supposed to be jealous of the high character which they have won upon service. Methinks I yet see and hear what I shall never see or hear again. In his eighty-fifth year, the alert, kind, benevolent old man had his attention alive to every one's question, his information at every one's command. His talents and fancy overflowed on every subject. One gentleman was a deep philologist. He talked with him on the origin of the alphabet as if he had been coeval with Cadmus. Another a celebrated critic, you would have said the old man had studied political economy and belles-lettres all his life. Of science it is unnecessary to speak, it was his own distinguished walk. And yet, Captain Clutterbuck, when he spoke with your countryman, Jedediah Cleishbotham, you would have sworn he had been coeval with Clavers and Burley, with the persecutors and persecuted, and could number every shot the dragoons had fired at the fugitive covenanters. In fact, we discovered that no novel of the least celebrity escaped his perusal, and that the gifted man of science was as much addicted to the productions of your native country, the land of Utopia aforesaid, in other words, as shameless and obstinate a peruser of novels as if he had been a very milliner's apprentice of eighteen. I know little apology for troubling you with these things, excepting the desire to commemorate a delightful evening, and a wish to encourage you to shake off that modest diffidence which makes you afraid of being supposed connected with the fairyland of delusive fiction. I will requite your tag of verse from Horace himself, with a paraphrase for your own use, my dear captain, and for that of your country club, accepting in reverence the clergyman and schoolmaster. Ne sit ensile tibi amor pudore, etc. Take thou no scorn of fiction born, fair fiction's muse to woe. Old Homer's theme was but a dream, himself a fiction too. Having told you your country, I must next, my dear Captain Clutterbuck, make free to mention your own immediate descent. You are not to suppose your land of prodigies so little known to us as the careful concealment of your origin would seem to imply. But you have it in common with many of your country, studiously and anxiously to hide any connection with it. There is this difference, indeed, betwixt your countrymen 
and those of our more material world that many of the most estimable of them such as an old highland gentleman called ossian a monk of bristol called rowley and others are inclined to pass themselves off as denizens of the land of reality whereas most of our fellow-citizens who deny their country are such as that country would be very willing to disclaim the especial circumstances you mention relating to your life and services impose not upon us we know the versatility of the unsubstantial species to which you belong permits them to assume all manner of disguises we have seen them apparelled in the caftan of a persian and the silken robe of a chinese footnote see the persian letters and the citizen of the world End footnote, and are prepared to suspect their real character under every disguise but how can we be ignorant of your country and manners or deceived by the evasion of its inhabitants when the voyages of discovery which have been made to it rival in number those recorded by purchase or by hakluyt footnote see les voyages imaginaires End footnote, and to show the skill and perseverance of your navigators and travellers we have only to name Sinbad, Abu Ferraris, and Robinson Crusoe. These were the men for discoveries. Could we have sent Captain Greenland to look out for the Northwest Passage, or Peter Wilkins to examine Baffin's Bay, what discoveries might we not have expected? But there are feats, and these both numerous and extraordinary, performed by the inhabitants of your country, which we read about without once attempting to emulate. I wander from my purpose, which was to assure you that I know you as well as the mother who did not bear you, for Macduff's peculiarity sticks in your whole race. You are not born of woman, unless indeed in that figurative sense in which the celebrated Maria Edgeworth may, in her state of single blessedness, be termed mother of the finest family in England. You belong, sir, to the editors of the land of Utopia, a sort of persons for whom I have the highest esteem. How is it possible it should be otherwise, when you reckon among your corporation the sage Sinhamet Benengeli, the short-faced president of the Spectators' Club, poor Ben Silton, and many others, who have acted as gentlemen ushers to works which have cheered our heaviest and added wings to our lightest hours? What I have remarked as peculiar to editors of the class in which I venture to enroll you is the happy combination of fortuitous circumstances which usually put you in possession of the works which you have the goodness to bring into public notice. One walks on the seashore, and a wave casts on land a small cylindrical trunk or casket, containing a manuscript much damaged.